Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier. I went to South Bend, Indiana, because both Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders were speaking in the same auditorium on consecutive nights, and I wanted to compare the crowds and the events. South Bend is in northern Indiana, close to Michigan. It's called South Bend because it's located on the southernmost bend of the St. Joseph River, which flows into Lake Michigan, only 20 miles to the west. The population's about 100,000, blue-collar, democratic. The mayor of the city is openly gay. My plan was to talk to people as they stood in line outside the Century Center, the convention hall downtown next to the river. The scene at the Trump rally had been loud and boisterous as there was a protest. Trump supporters lined up on one side of the street, Trump haters on the other side, yelling back and forth. The Sanders crowd, in comparison, was quiet and subdued, at least while people were standing outside in line. Their candidate was losing the contest for Democratic delegates, and there was mounting pressure for him to end his campaign before doing any more damage to the party. But people still showed up to hear him speak, the line stretching down the sidewalk for almost a mile, wrapping around the big parking lot and across the St. Joseph River. Both the Trump and Sanders crowds were middle class, but the Trump people were almost entirely white, whereas Sanders supporters were ethnically mixed and a lot younger, many with piercings and tattoos, some with multicolored hair. I fell in line with a young African-American single mother. All right, well, could you tell me your name and where we are now? Portia McCoo, South Bend, Indiana. And you're, you live in South Bend, yes. you said? And you're a teacher? Yes, at the Montessori Academy at the South Bend Center for the Homeless. So there's a Montessori school at the yes. homeless shelter? We are the first of our kind. We've been at um, the Center for the Homeless for over 20 years now. Um, and I have been the lead teacher there for five years. Well, so I'm kind of interested in how I'm going to try to ask people, you know, like, what happened in your life that you ended up here? So is there something, a story that comes to mind, like, that strengthened your resolve to be political? Absolutely, or? my own story. Um, yeah. I've recently gone through treatment for breast cancer, huh. 32 after being misdiagnosed for years because I didn't fit a criteria of what breast cancer was supposed to look like, my age, family history. Um, I think as a minority, I was dismissed as far as my health issues. Um, You're that, black American. I am. And that could have cost me my life. Um, so I'm going to listen to any candidate, support the candidate who is um, going to fix our health care system, is addressing income inequality, is addressing women's issues, um, who talks about issues that are important in my world. And he does that. Right. Uh, one payer, public health system. Mm -hmm. And you support that? I would absolutely. So how's the breast cancer now? Um, I just finished radiation, and I doctors are very cautious now to say cancer-free, but I am okay as of right now. I have a long road ahead of me. And I, so how much did that cost so far? You know what? I have bills in the tens of thousands of dollars. Huh. I have to file bankruptcy which costs to even file bankruptcy. Um, so I am in debt because I chose to 
fight cancer and save my life. And this is with insurance. And so you have insurance. I do. What's I did it, not much, have. What, what's it like? What kind of? I have Blue Cross right now, um, and they pay all, but I can't think of the percentage that they pay. I've gotten to the point where I don't even open the medical bills anymore. Um, the last bill I received was for eleven thousand um, dollars. Is that total or just? No, one? just one bill. Um, it all, it all adds up, unfortunately. What do you think it adds up to now? I know you said you haven't opened the bills, but what in your mind? Oh, what are you afraid? I of? would say about forty thousand uh, dollars, if and, not more. In how many years? There, I was you, diagnosed last August. And you're gonna. You are definitely going to file for bankruptcy? Absolutely. I have no other choice. Do you own a home? I don't. You rent? I rent. Unfortunately, I would love to own a home. <laughs> I bet it's hard to get a loan when you filed for bankruptcy. I'm not yes. sure, but to I'll get your credit rating. I'll have to wait two years um, or more. Um, I'm a teacher, single parent, and I cannot afford. It's, it would be cheaper for me to own a home than it is to me to pay $800 for rent. And I'm just kind of stuck right now in because that position. You have, why are you stuck? Um, because I'm underpaid. Because I'm not, and this isn't to take away from my school. It's really not their fault. It's just teachers as a whole are underpaid. Um, because I got sick through really no fault of my own. I'm not a drinker, not a smoker. It was just really the luck of the draw. Um, and I've incurred debt as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens is going to happen. I have two children to be here for, and so I can't, I can't really worry about that right now. So bankruptcy is the, it's, it's very sad and very unfortunate. My story is really sweet compared to a lot of women that I've spoken to who don't have family, who are left homeless because of this. I work with people at the homeless center who are well-educated, who have college degrees, and the stigma of homelessness is these people must all be drunk or um, have some sort of addiction. We treat addiction, that's another illness. thing, um, why I support Bernie, because I'm very close to mental illness and addiction, and we need to decriminalize a lot of this and try to help people instead of putting them in cells. I was interested in following Trump and Sanders because, to me, they're polar opposites as politicians and as human beings. Both are said to be outsiders, but Trump is a billionaire and Sanders is a U.S. senator, so I don't know how you could call them outsiders. I think what they have in common is neither accepts money from corporations or PACs, so they're free to say whatever they want, free to speak their minds. And this is where their opposing natures becomes apparent. Trump speaks his mind by accusing Megyn Kelly of menstruating on the air, whereas Sanders speaks his mind by accusing the 1% of being immoral. The words coming out of Trump's mouth come from fear. Sanders' words come from compassion, and in this way, they pull the country apart. When I was standing in line with the Trump supporters, I heard a lot of fearful talk about the Mexicans taking our jobs and burdening our welfare system. Among the Sanders supporters, I met a young Mexican-American woman who was working the line, reminding people to register to vote. All right, so tell me your name. I'm Janine Diaz. And you're from Chicago? I'm from Northwest Indiana, from Highland. All right. Why did you volunteer? Why are you volunteer for Bernie? Yeah, um, because it's. I think it's the most important thing I could possibly do. 
um, for my future and for my son's future. I have a seven-year-old, and I don't want him to grow up in a world where everyone is just, you know, running on a hamster wheel trying to chase a dollar. Um, I want us to help each other out. So what we've seen is that a lot of us have tons of student loan debt. We see that if you want to go back to college, every credit hour is an extra $100 every year. Um, you see that a young person can't have kids and feel safe about it, feel like they're going to be able to, to survive. You can't buy a house. You can't buy a car. Um, there's, there's, really, there, there's not a place for us, and we know that there is money there. So we have the ability to do research. We can fact check people in a split second. And the fact that they're laughing in our face, telling us that they're not doing what they're doing, which is stealing from the middle class and destroying the middle class, makes us that much more excited to do something about it. And this started with Occupy Wall Street, and this is going to continue. You still think it's possible you can win? Oh, yeah. I know he's going to win. I'm 100% sure he's going to win. Good job, Bernie Brown! I'm the daughter of, of immigrants. I was born in Mexico. I came here, um, and I, I feel like I did, I did have a good opportunity to, you know, to go to college and to do everything I was supposed to do. And, and I was told that, if, that the goal is to make money, right? Like, the goal is to be successful on the individual that. level. That, that's, that's what my, uh, essentially my mom would tell me a lot. Right. You know, she's like, you need to be successful, go to college, do this. Well, it turns out that there's a lot more to the world. Feel the burn, feel the burn, guys. Guys, it's black or blue, guys. Black or blue. Um, so I, I worked at Groupon. This was a very good example of a company that went bad because we, we IPO'd. And when that happened, um, the people stopped mattering, right? You, were, you turned into just a number. All that mattered was how much money you brought into the company. Our goal was to help out small businesses, to help them with their marketing. Our goal turned into screwing these companies, and it turned into really making sure that we made the most money regardless of what we did to the community that we were in. And that was apparent to everybody who worked there, or just yes, you? everybody. I don't know. I, I think there's only one person that I worked with that still works there. And I was and I was the part of the first president's club in 2012. So I did really well, but it just like ate away at my conscience. So then what happened? Um, so then I, I was offered a job at WBZ and I thought, oh, well, it's a mission. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, and it was, but then, you know, we hired a CEO that was from the Washington Post who was all about the bottom line and got rid of, of uh, Tory who, yeah, we got rid of Tory, who was actually all about the mission. And so I saw this even happening in, in, a, public, in a public institution. I saw it happening in public radio. A, a source of news where we thought we could, we could trust what they say. And I, and I saw the corporate greed entering that institution. I mean, I don't think it's okay for people whose, whose interests are only to make money um, to be controlling media. I think media, just like teaching, just like being a doctor, just like being a nurse, like being a firefighter or a policeman, like I think all of those jobs, you have to have a goal of helping the community. Every politician has to realize that they work for us and it's not the other way around. And that they're supposed to be in it to be public servants and that we're going to make sure that they do become public servants or they're going to get voted out. So 
you're at WBZ and you see these changes happening, then what, what did you do? I mean, I just ended up quitting. Um, you know, I and I did some other stuff and everything, but um, but that was really that was really where I, I just I became very very cynical of the of the, the the mainstream media, and I I just I mean I watch it because I need to, I like to know like what everybody's saying. I'll watch Fox News. I'll watch CBS. Like, I can you can see the parallels, and then you can see very big differences. But at the core of it all, you always look at who their advertisers are, right? Like who who advertises on Meet the Press, BP, and Coke Industries, right? Who pay who who pays for WBZ's uh, new website, the Pritzker Foundation? What do they do? The Pritzker Foundation is like the richest family in Chicago, and they, you know, they they uh, put tons of money and money into the parks and everything. But they, they're friends of Rahm Emanuel, but Rahm Emanuel is the most corrupt, horrible person <laughs> ever. <laughs> and you know, it's like it's like so the friends of Rahm, I don't trust, and the friends of Rahm running my media, I definitely don't trust. So the line outside the Sanders rally was fairly calm. I'd expected a happy party atmosphere, but it was more like everybody had to stand in line with people they didn't know for hours, like sitting next to someone on a plane, better not to start a conversation. Inside, however, it was like a rock concert. Everybody happy to be crammed inside a box-like auditorium. Three to 4,000 people shoulder to shoulder. The crowd was explosive. Senator Bernie Sanders. Let me thank all of you for being here. Let me thank the few thousand more people in the spillover room. We appreciate this turnout. Looks to me like South Bend is ready for a political revolution. Now, just coincidentally, turns out that today marks the anniversary, one-year anniversary, of when we began this campaign. And my goodness, we have come a long way in a year. When we began this campaign, we had no political organization, no money, no name recognition outside of Vermont. We were running 3% in the polls, 60 points behind Secretary Clinton. We were taking on the entire Democratic establishment. Well, that was then, and today is today. As of today, we have now won 17 caucuses and primaries. And with your help on Tuesday, Indiana will be number 18. One of the beautiful things, one of the beautiful things that we have done 
is that we have shown the world that you can run a successful winning campaign without being dependent on Wall Street or the drug companies or billionaires. We do not have a super PAC. We never will have a super PAC. We have received over 7.4 million individual campaign contributions. Averaging, anyone know what that average is? Right. 27 bucks. And <laughs> I wish Bernie Sanders would have ended his speech right there, with a silent pause and a laugh. He spoke for another half hour, the crowd constantly interrupting in cheers, but I think that was his main or most profound point. $27 times 7 million people, this is how you break the system of corruption and lies. You go from the bottom up building mass support, using social media, running around the corporate media, speaking truth to power. This is the story that's so damaging to the Democratic Party, the one they wish he'd stop telling. Bernie Sanders is breaking the system, or his supporters are breaking the system, and in this way, they may have already won, if not the nomination, then the future. Two days later, both Trump and Sanders won the Indiana primaries. But whereas the victory pretty much sealed the deal for Trump, it didn't do much to help Sanders. He's not going to get the delegate count he needs, but he says he's going to keep campaigning all the way up to the convention in July. And his supporters are hoping their mass movement will wash over the rules and delegate counts like a tidal wave. It could get ugly, the recent outburst of anger at the state Democratic convention in Nevada seems like a harbinger of what's to come. Perhaps the Democratic Party will pull itself apart. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does at this point. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right I'd like to thank Alex Chadwick for the idea of asking people about their lives, what happened to them. It's much more interesting than just hearing political opinions. Check out our website, homebrave.com. We have new Home of the Brave t-shirts and tote bags. Yes, Home of the Brave tote bags big enough to carry a watermelon. They're very cool. People will wonder where you're going with that watermelon. Thanks for listening and donating. We couldn't do this without your support. If you hear the song I sing, you will understand. Listen. You hold the key to love and fear, all in your trembling hand. Just one key unlocks them there at your command Come on people now Smile on your brother Everybody get
Yeah.